there! How's your writing going? Are you spinning your wheels more than making real progress towards your goals? Are you not quite sure what your writing goals are? If that's you, you're not alone, and you're in the right place. My name is Amy Simon, and this is the Purposeful Pen Podcast, where we uncover how to build a writing life that brings joy to us, glory to God, and benefit to others. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Purposeful Pen Today, I welcome Carly Reggins as a guest on the podcast to talk about hybrid publishing. A few weeks ago, we talked with Ariel Curry about traditional publishing, and so I'm continuing that trend, and so today we're talking about hybrid publishing. So Carly is a children's book author and a special needs mom. Her new book, Eleanor's Extraordinary Dreams, combines these roles. Um, So it's a story about Down syndrome, self-advocacy, and how courage creates connection. Carly has the joy of being a stepmom, a mother-in-law, and Mimi to her beautiful grandchildren. On a typical day, you can find her writing or creating with Tonker the Boxer nearby. She delights in painting, playing piano, savoring a cup of coffee over conversation, and celebrating her daughter's victories along the way. So welcome, Carly. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. First of all, one of the things that I wanted to touch on um, is we talk in the podcast here a lot about um, how our passions and our life experiences frequently inform who we're writing for and what that message is that we're offering to our readers. And I was noticing in your bio, like you clearly have found that, like, where your life passions, your life experiences have really influenced, you know, you're a special needs mom and you're writing about that experience, um, right? You said your daughter inspired your most recent book. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you used a hybrid publisher to publish your children's book, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like? Like, what was your role versus what was the publisher's role in that? Yeah, I did go hybrid publisher route and I just felt like it was the best fit for me in the season that I was in. But what it looked like is kind of a, for me, it was a balance of the best of both worlds, so to speak, with traditional publishing versus self-publishing and then kind of this middle ground. Um, And so for me, that was kind of just a good, a good fit at the time. What that looked like was I already had a manuscript written. Uh, It's a children's book, so obviously smaller uh, in content, you know, in size than a a larger nonfiction or fiction work. And so I already had the manuscript, but what that looked like is uh, I had a team of people that helped kind of guide me through the process, the manuscript, obviously, and then there was editing involved. I had the responsibility, along with some input, of finding an illustrator and working with the illustrator uh, and with the team. Financially, what that looked like uh, in this particular situation, and I think all of the companies probably have their own flavor or the way they do things. But for me, that looked like a monthly membership for a, a period of time until the book was finished. And then beyond that, until the first royalty payments. And so I'm actually still in that process because my book just came out. But I paid a have a monthly membership. And then that is what got me the coaching. So a, a 
monthly coaching, whether that was a call or like an email check-in. And then the publisher helped with putting all the pieces together, making sure the people, you know, that did the different parts were together. They helped guide the process uh, because for me, I was so new to the actual process. I had been in kind of the writer world for a while, watching part of an online community, uh, but not having done it. So for me, I felt like I don't know the steps. So for me, that was helpful to have a, a structure. So for me, it was it was the consistency and showing up, you know, keeping up with communication um, making sure on my end that my my manuscript was done, the edits were taken care of. So I would have somebody that would edit and then we would go back and forth with that. They would give suggestions. I would make the tweaks and go back and forth. And then ultimately the publisher's role was to facilitate, to provide the structure, to facilitate the actual bringing together of the parts. They had different people that helped me in the different stages, uh, including a project manager. And then on the backside, then the, the layout of the book, the putting it together, the uploading it to the, the printer, print on demand, and then just seeing that all the way through. Uh, and then they administer or will administrate the royalty part of it as well. For me, it was the presentation of the book. And then I had a lot of say, I mean, I had basically full say in how I wanted it to look, the actual physical size, the type of cover, the illustrator was my responsibility. So I also paid for that. And that was kind of a joint you know, conversation about who that would be. Um, but ultimately I had the say in that. And that was part of what I appreciated about doing it this way is, for me, it was very personal uh, it, because it's it was inspired by my daughter. I have very strong feelings about like <clears throat> how I wanted it to come across visually and how I wanted it to present to the world. And then the message, obviously, it's hard. It is hard to remove yourself sometimes when it's so, so personal. And for me, it was a good learning process, too, because then I was getting I was getting to have a hand in all the pieces. And that is something that I enjoy. That makes sense. Interesting. So it sounds like you had sort of the freedom and the personal say in things that like self-publishing might provide where you got to call, really make all the final decisions, it sounds mm -hmm. like, on things like the illustrator and, and editing and cover and all that sort of thing. And yet they provided the you know accountability you talked about helped guide you through the process because there's a lot of steps to the process, right? I would think even more so with the children's book because there's so much more mm -hmm. of a visual element. Did your membership cost, does that like go for a certain amount of time or is it depend on how long you take? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Both. Yes. Okay. So, so the way that uh, this particular company was structured and I've, I've looked at some others just to see how how they structure the way my particular path was is there were there are membership levels so like you could do one level that would be like we'll provide what you need to get your book out kind of like help you get the book out at a basic level you know or help you 
learn your craft more, that kind of a basic, more basic level. And then there was a middle kind of level, which was, we will walk you through it. We'll provide the coaching guidance. We'll, and what a coaching situation looked like was a call each, every other month, and then a check-in via email that's just kind of keeping you on track. Like, this is probably where you should be in your process. You know, how's it going? And this particular publishing company was is faith-based um, and is very, very strong in that. Like that is a high value point for them. And it was a really good fit for me. And so the coaching even included prayer at the beginning of the call and really looking at where are you in your personal life? How are things going? How is the project going? And how do those two things intersect even? So for me, that was really important. I wasn't necessarily looking for that. But when this opportunity came, I was like, wow, this is really helpful for me because of my own, you know, uh, faith journey and my own, the way I live out my life, you know, so for me, that was really important because it wasn't just, I was another person or another number or another project. I felt like there was, it was very personal and very uh, integrative. And so that was really helpful for me. So and then as far as the levels, the membership thing, then there was a third tier that involved the opportunity for more of the marketing piece, you know, the the launching the book. And so I had done the middle, kind of the middle ground. That was the best fit for me when I started the process. And, you know, on the on the end of it, it was probably a little more challenging or has been a little more challenging just for like, I need to really own this part of it, the getting the book out, getting the word out, talking about it. And, and it's been a, it's been a learning curve for sure. And it's not for lack of knowing those things, having been kind of in an environment for the last five years or so, but when the rubber meets the road and really doing it and having it happen as far as the marketing part, I, it's been a little challenging um, but it's been all good and positive, you know, and a, a learning experience. Oh, and you asked about the timing. Yeah. Um, so the way that this has worked is that typically from their standpoint, it takes, I think they say nine to 12 months for a book to go all the way through, which is quicker than like a traditional publisher setting. Um, and that all depends on whether or not the book is ready to go in that amount of time, obviously. And that's dependent on the author um, and what transpires. But for me, I already had the manuscript. So that part was done. The part that was more involved for me was the illustration part and just getting all of it working together. But the way that it works is I pay that membership. I'm on contract for that until the book is finished and then 90 days beyond that until the first royalty payment from published date. So that's the way that works. So if that takes nine months plus 90 days, or if that takes a year plus 90 days, that is dependent on just the timing and the process. So you have some say then in how fast you're able to work and shorten your cost. Yeah. And I, I think that people, well, I know that people could also do like pay a year in advance. You know, if they wanted to pay a year, I believe there's another author who paid a year in advance, got her book done quickly and started on another project. Under the same contract. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some flexibility because they were, they are a smaller company too. So. So, and then 
there was no advance, right? No like advance. When, but then you get royalties and mm-hmm. you don't need to give me exact numbers or anything like that. But like, how do the royalty percentages compare to, you know, traditional publishing versus self-publishing? Like, is it somewhere in the middle roughly? Yes, because I think traditionally, from what I've understood and heard, you know, your royalties from a traditional publisher may be anywhere from 10 to 15 to possibly 20, but you're also paying an agent if they've helped you get that process done, you know, and there's no advance. So there's not the thing of having to pay that back first um, in royalties or whatever. So the way, the way it works in my situation is that I obviously paid my part and then the publisher is taking care of actually getting the book put together and published out into the world through a print on demand company and then distributed. And then I receive 50% of the royalties. So it is more, I mean, it's a higher percentage than the self public or than the traditional publishing. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that is. And which makes sense. Like when I was talking to Ariel Curry a couple of weeks ago, she was talking about the differences in the different publishing models really comes down to risk versus reward, you know, and a hybrid publisher is somewhere in the middle of those things where you're taking on some of the risk financially, and the publisher is taking on some of the risk financially also. And so you guys kind of split the reward. So it's higher than a traditional publisher, but not quite as high as as self-publishing, which totally makes sense. Yeah. And going back to the, you were talking about the coaching accountability. It it sounds like the coaching was more of a, that check-in. I love that personal piece of that, Mm -hmm. that it was, how are you doing as a person, (laughs) as a human going through this big, maybe scary process. So it sounds like that was a neat part of that. So did you have to, I know with a traditional publisher, you would most likely have to get an agent. You probably didn't need an agent for this, correct? Correct. Did you have to write a book proposal? So I had actually submitted to a traditional publisher first, uh, mm-hmm. this particular book, because I had I had gotten the idea after hearing a children's publisher speak about their whole purpose of publishing books. And so that had triggered this idea. And so I had first gone down that road and actually submitted to that publisher. Uh, and that was a no. And I did that without an agent. I just wasn't in a place to like go in all the way with that. And it was just, it just felt really big. Uh, And this particular publisher was taking submissions, even non-agent authors. And so I did that. And that was a no on that one. And I, that was fine. I understood that that was part of the process a lot of times. And I sat on my idea for probably another six months, but I had already done for a children's book, you would do a query letter, not so much a book proposal. Gotcha. Um, so more of like, this is this is what my book is. This is who I am. This is how it might compare to other books in the industry that are similar themed and why my book might be unique. So I had already done a lot of that work. And so with this particular situation, uh, a friend of mine, actually a mutual friend of ours had told me about this hybrid company. And so I followed them on Instagram, but I wasn't like seriously pursuing it. I was just kind of waiting because I wasn't sure what to do next and watching and paying attention to what felt like the right thing. And I saw that they posted one day that they were taking submissions. So I 
I was like, okay. And they said, send us a DM. Well, to me, I was like, well, I can do that. You know, like, I'll just, let's just see, you know, (laughs) I didn't do it immediately, but I kept thinking, you know, I should really just send it. Let's just see. And so in that particular situation, um, they did submissions via a Google form. So it was more like, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your book. Tell us what you would do or what you will do to get this book out into the world. You know, like what are the things that you already have in place or that you're already thinking about that you would do? And I think that's part of that risk thing, you know, looking at, do we do this? Because I know audience is a lot of times a big thing. And I didn't, I don't have a huge audience per se, like in the social media realm. I have been in different communities over the years. And so what I found even in launching this book is that my audience is bigger than I thought, (laughs) you know, or at least it has felt that way, like, because people know me in, in those personal contexts. But anyway, so that was how they did it. But typically, I think for a children's book, it's often a query letter because you don't have chapters you can't submit a chapter because it's 600 words or 350 to 600 words. And it's not as worked out maybe, or as it's just not as much. Well, and your description of the query letter sounds like just a real pared down version. It's the same sort of information. Correct. Who is this book for, you know, what type of platform do you have, whether it's social media or there's lots of other things like you found that, you know, right. and your connections with people and stuff. And even the questions that they asked on the Google form, it sounds like there was some sort of vetting process. Like they weren't just going to take anybody because there's publishers out there usually called vanity publishers that basically do everything for you that you pay, you pay for everything, Mm -hmm. but they'll take you no matter what, like they, there's no vetting process. There is no filter that they put those through, but that does not sound like the case here. So you had to be actually accepted. Yes. Yes. And there was an interview. I actually had an interview with a, an author coach. Then they offered the opportunity. So it wasn't like I just got on, signed up and went for it. I mean, there was definitely a, a vetting process there. Sure. Because they're putting their name on it still as a publisher, right? right and right. they are. they want to know that you can get your book out there because they are still getting... of the royalties from the book themselves. So they want to know that they're making an investment. It's not the same size of investment as a traditional publisher is making because you're still, some of their income is coming from you and your contract with them and everything. Right. That makes sense. So you explained how you found them. So did you ever look into any other types of hybrid publishers or was it just, you heard about this one from a friend and followed them on Instagram and were like, yeah, let's just try it. And a DM sounded like a, a nice low bar to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Comfort level. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I really didn't look at other hybrid companies seriously, just because I don't know that I was super aware of that option as aware as the other options. I had started looking at self-publishing just to see what would be involved. What were the financial, you know, commitments to that. But I still was, I was just not settling in that. I, was thinking, do I submit to other traditional publishers, you know, but I didn't have an agent. So again, it's kind of like, where do I want to put my energy and finances and all those things? And so, yeah, it kind of was just, it felt like the right thing when I saw that, you know, post, I mean, I had been seeing their posts, but I just kind of was like, oh, 
okay, I have this book. And I had also sent it to a another mom in, in my community who has a podcast, who is a writer, who has a child with uh, disabilities and sent it to her just like, just to get some in, more input. You know, where am I in this whole thing? And she was very encouraging and said, you need to do something with this. Keep knocking on the doors. And so that was a little bit of a boost of encouragement. And then kind of just the timing worked out. And I just thought, okay, keep leaning into it instead of like stopping. And I'm really glad I did. Yeah. And sometimes that's the way it goes, right? Is we we ask God to lead us and... <laughs> Sometimes that looks like, you know, submitting a million queries to a million agents and all the things. And sometimes yeah. it means just sort of, does it mean surfing Instagram? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's neat. And it, it sounds like it was a good fit for you. You know, it sounds yes. like it was a good balance of guidance with self agency. Like you, you got to make a lot of the decisions because like you said, it, it's a really important close to your heart topic, which mm -hmm. that's fair. So who do you think hybrid publishing is a good option for? I mean, I, I think different high, I've never heard of the membership model. I haven't researched a bunch of them myself, mm -hmm. but I've, I've never heard of that membership model that yours was, but I'm sure there's a million different styles of hybrid publishing, but what type of author or what type of person do you think that model is helpful for? Yeah, I think it's good for an author, well, a first-time author, it could be really good for just for the lack of the, the knowledge of what it looks like. And I, like I said, I had been in an environment where I was learning from a lot of those people and seeing people launch books and write books and all of that, but still the actual working out of it, I hadn't done. And I think, you know, you have to know yourself. For me, I'm, I love all the creative parts of it. And so for me to be able to have a hand, I, I knew kind of what I wanted it to look like and feel like, but I know for me on a personal level, I like structure. I'm a creative who likes to have a little bit of a box to work within, you know, or at least some guidance. And so that was important for me. And so I think for someone who needs a framework, it can be super helpful. The accountability, the balance of not having the full risk but also having some maybe more return on it. I think that's a great, you know, if somebody feels like they're uncertain of that, it gives a little bit of an option. And in, the, in my particular situation, there were levels of what those options look like. I, so I think that's, that's good. And it's a great, a great way for me, I think, to learn someone who wants to learn, see what their options are. You can always do something else if that doesn't, you know, um, but for me, self-publishing felt a little overwhelming, you know, like, how do I actually make this happen? And traditional, I had, I had submitted one time, not to say I couldn't have continued to do that, but it just seemed like the right fit. So I think financial things, you know, the structure part, the accountability part is really helpful. And yet being able to have a say in it um, and working as a team. That was really valuable for me too. So I think someone who is good working with a team, you know, taking feedback, learning, it kind of felt like the best combination of all of those things. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes, it sounds like a neat middle ground option, mm -hmm. which is what it mm -hmm. is. So if you did another book, do you think you would go that route again? I mean, I know you're just putting this one out. So it's like, you know, when dad asks if you want another child right when you're done with labor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do right now. I do plan to write more books to follow this one. And I'm not sure at the moment. At the moment, I'm kind of sitting on it. I mean, I've had some input from some other people as well who have just encouraged me to maybe consider, you know, maybe going the traditional route. I, I really don't know yet. So I'm kind of just sitting with those things and and wanting to really focus right now on, it's easy for me to start looking ahead um, and, and not stay grounded right here. And so right now I'm just needing to, to concentrate on this one and getting it, the momentum going on it. But yeah, I'm open at the moment. Well, and I would think it could go either way if this sells well and, you know, that could attract the attention of a traditional publisher down the road. But at the same time, you've learned a lot about the process. Right. And maybe gained some confidence to, if you wanted to self-publish, you would at least know the pieces that were involved. And so, yeah, I, I could see it going either way. Mm-hmm. Personally, if I was in your position. So, yeah. So thanks for all that insight. So tell us more about your book. When did it, it just launched recently, correct? Yeah, November 7th. Well, no, actually October 28th, it was available. Um, but November 7th kind of was the day I officially said it's out there, which, you know, is another part of, the, of what was maybe different was the whole launch process. I had watched other people launch their books and had this like idea of what it's quote supposed to look like or what it's going to look like. And, and it didn't really look like that. And part of that, you know, is that again, it's it, in hybrid, you, you're going to have to probably do, and really in traditional, I understand these days, the author still really, really crucial to that. Um, Definitely. And so yeah. Anyway, that was another part of the, you know, process of being kind of in that middle ground that that made it a little bit challenging, but again, learning. So November 7th was the day that I kind of put it out there. And that's been really fun to see people respond. Uh, with it being the holidays, it's a little more, well, I guess it's a good thing in a sense, because I get to talk about it if, if people are interested in this book, but also just thinking in terms of what what is next, you know, as far as what else I want to do with the book. But it's been really exciting. So so it's a children's book. So what ages? It is. is. Um, yeah, I would say it is preschool through elementary would be kind of the and it which is which is pretty broad, but that's the the large like maybe most focused age group but it really even could be could be read in a middle school setting i think um it is a story that was inspired by my daughter who has down syndrome it's not actually her story but based on her character and who she is and so it talks about compassion and kindness and it's a story about self-advocacy like at its most basic level of this little girl who owns her story owns who she is knows she has down syndrome and that's okay and how she impacts one other little girl around her through that and helps draw her out and shows her compassion and and um we did a, a resource in the back so we created some discussion questions um with the goal that parents teachers uh, grandparents, you know, would would have opportunities to start conversations around the topic of disabilities in general, the topic of Down syndrome, um, and also just about uh, learning that we all have value regardless of our abilities or 
physical things and that that matters. And so that's really what I hope to continue to talk about. I love it. So is your intended reader more the child with disabilities or the child who doesn't have disabilities, who maybe has a friend who has Down syndrome or something similar, or is it both? Yeah, that's a great question. It's both. I think actually my heart in writing this book was for the broader audience. You know, parents and and for children, obviously, but obviously parents are involved in that um, when they're little, especially. But to take away some of the fear, if you will, of the unknown, and we've experienced this in our own lives where, you know, sometimes people are uncomfortable. They don't know how to approach our daughter. And she's highly extroverted and she's super kind. And But I think when people don't know something looks like what, you know, what, what do I expect? I don't really know. Then we stay at a distance sometimes. And so what I wanted to invite people into is to remove some of those walls and those barriers and to have a broader perspective and a, a filter that says you have value regardless, you know, of your ability or your physical disability or whatever the case may be. And so I would say ultimately it's for both of those groups. Um, but my heart was really to present something to those who are outside of that demographic to help take away some of the the unknown and the uncomfortability. Um, and one of the, the things that was really important to me was that the little girl who's the main character be portrayed beautifully. There are certain physical traits with a person with Down syndrome, but oftentimes I think at least in the past that has been portrayed as not very beautiful, to be honest. And that, that has bothered me. And so it was really important to me that the traits are shown, but that the, the little girl be seen as I see her, you know, or as, as we see her and as, as we see people with other people with Down syndrome or with other disabilities. And that's the communities that we've been in through the years for obvious reasons. And it's just really important to me to, to add value to those people and to those communities. So I love that. And I think, like you said, you know, if, if there's things that we don't understand, whether we're adults or kids, Correct. we not talk about it. We think, oh, we're not supposed to say anything. But that means we can't ask questions and try and understand and try and do a better job of befriending and loving mm -hmm. on people who have disabilities. And so I think it's great that you've brought up that conversation like, mm -hmm. okay, let's just take down this wall. Let's just right. talk about it. Where mm -hmm. are we at? What does this mean? What does this look like? How do I act? How can I get, I have questions. How can I, how can I get those answered? I want to understand. So I just think that's beautiful. Um, so I will put the link to all your places in the show notes, but um, Thank you. tell us where people can find you. You have a website where they can find your book. Yes. Um, I'm on Instagram at Carly Reagan's rights and all of the links are there. I also have a, a website, Carly Reagan's, but all of those links also are on Instagram at Carly Reagan's rights. And I'm just continuing to develop those things. You know, there's, I feel like some days there's all the things and it feels like they all need to be there. And yet I'm just taking it as I can tackle it <laughs> and working on those. So Absolutely. thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us and 
answering all of the things and giving people a taste for what a different model of um, publishing can look like. So you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Substack to take advantage of additional resources. Comment on the chat questions and see what others are saying as well. There are also journaling prompts you can download to further process the things we talk about in each week's episode. You can further support the podcast by liking it, commenting on it, and of course, sharing it with others.